American Bandwagon Podcast. It's Christmas week and episode 76 here, coming to you live this week on the bandwagon. Zach Folidor here, joined tonight by fellow hustle belter Zach Banuensi. We're going to have a, a basketball-specific pod here tonight. We're going to wrap up uh, all things non-conference basketball as we get ready to start uh, conference play next week. Banzi, how you doing tonight, man? Pretty good. You know, just getting ready for the holiday season, uh, starting to think about all the food I'm going to eat, you know, and, and all the yeah. good stuff. Yeah. So that, that was actually, you prompt my first question there. Uh, Christmas day at the Vanuensi household, what, what's on the menu? What's the typical Christmas rundown? You know, it's real basic. I mean, just your standard fare, uh, you know, ham, you know, I, I don't yeah. get people who have turkey on Christmas like do you yeah. really you know do you need turkey twice in like you know <laughs> a month that's that's a little much for me so you know ham green bean casserole box stuffing box stuffing I tell you what if we're doing a power rankings of stuffing box stuffing number one all others you know we don't you know it's just me and my dad so two guys you know we don't we don't go too far all out with anything but you know yeah you got you got, you got all the basics covered though as you said I agree with you the ham you got to have the ham on Christmas the stuffing, the green bean casserole. I think you're covering all your bases there, all the good stuff that you need. So, uh, mashed potato, uh, gotta have those. Yeah, yeah, there you go. Gotta, gotta have some type of potato there for sure. In case they're listening or any listeners in Idaho, love the potatoes. <laughs> yes, we have big, big supporters of the Idaho potatoes, especially given the Mac tie into the uh, the bowl game up there in Boise. Hey, but hey, uh, let's let's jump into it here, Vansy. Uh, as I mentioned, we didn't get to talk hoops last week. Wanted to do kind of a recap of the non-conference season here uh, in basketball. We're going to have, so i uh, got me and Vansy here going to be breaking down the men's for you. On, uh, on the other side of the commercial break, halfway through, we're going to close out the show. Uh, new Hustle Belt member, uh, Grant McPherson, has been doing a, a lot of uh, women's basketball coverage for us on the site. So going to wrap up the women's uh, non-conference season with him. But Vansy, let's, let's talk about the men's here first. And, and before we get into any specific breakdowns, any specific you know storylines or anything like that, uh, I know two weekends ago you were on site there at uh, in Ypsilanti for uh, the George Gervin Day as EMU retired his number and renamed the uh, the the arena there after uh, George Gervin. So just wanted to talk uh, to you a little bit about that. Tell us a little bit about your experience there honoring the Iceman. Yeah, you know it was just a tremendous day and. Uh... Right, you know, it's kind of starting at the beginning, right when you pull up to the arena, the first thing I saw was a truck that said ice sculptures, you know, so I kind of knew where they were going with the ice man, George Gervin, and, and you walk into the atrium and right off the bat, they have an ice sculpture, beautiful ice sculpture, they have some photo booths, um, and just, you know, just a, a large crowd, it was, you know, it was very kind of, you know, it was very nice to see because we haven't had that for EMU basketball in some time. Uh, and the convocation center hasn't had that since Imani Bates was down the road playing high school games there. So, you know, you have all that. They did a wonderful job of, hey, everybody gets a T-shirt. Everybody gets a rally towel. And I'm not going to say how many towels and T-shirts I walked out with, but it's somewhere between six and ten. So, <laughs> you know, and, uh, so, and I, I see they're going on eBay that those aren't mine. Those are somebody else. But, uh, you know, so you got all that. They did uh, free food vouchers. Everybody got like a seven dollar meal, you know, chips, drink, main course, you know, the ticket promotions coming in, they had it, you know, everything was like 24% off for, for George Gervin, all these, all these great promotions. So a nice crowd, um, you know, they did a lot of things. It was actually a documentary being filmed. So you have a lot of camera crews and it just gave this big time 
you know, ambiance, like, okay, this is a big time event. Uh, the student section had a banner. Um, you know, I was very fortunate, uh, you know, shout out to EMU athletics and the staffers, you know, they, they selected me to go on the court. Uh, I got a tribute question, right. Got a limited edition bobblehead, which is now in my collection. Very, very happy for that opportunity. Um, and then I'm walking, you know, I'm wearing a George Gervin Spurs Jersey and I'm walking up and uh, going back to my seat and coming out of the restroom is George Gervin, you know? So yeah. He stopped and signed it. He was, you know, very nice. Signed for several other people, you know, and uh, in the the halftime ceremony, you know, you got John Steinbrechter, the commissioner of the MAC. You got Charlie Batch, a former EMU Eagle himself. Yeah. And then you got George Gervin talking about how he met his wife at EMU, you know, and and uh, for, a lot of people don't know he started out at Long Beach State. And yeah. Came back to the area, the Eastern Michigan. So, you know, just really a great time. And what was interesting is they named the, the arena after him or honored him. It actually back, I think it was October, maybe November, I had tweeted out that they should do that. You yeah. Know? So, so like, I'm not, I'm not taking credit for it, but if somebody <laughs> wants to send me a check or, or put yeah. him on something, I will definitely take it. You yeah. Know? Get like your little, name on there somehow. Yeah, a little bit yeah, of credit would be nice. Or like the Hustle Belt Media Lounge. I mean, I'll even hey. that, you know, put a picture up. I don't know, you know, but <laughs> just a tremendous celebration of the EMU community, uh, obviously of George, but really the community as a whole. And for somebody from the area, somebody who went to school there, it really struck me as just kind of this, you know, like, it was on par with the quick lane bowl as far as a celebration and looking back on it now, you know, with, with how we're going with COVID and things like that, I'm, I'm real glad we had that opportunity to share in that moment. And then a tremendous game against a very good Florida international team. It goes to, you know, multiple overtimes and they, they win the, the game, uh, probably their biggest win of the season. Just, just a tremendous experience. Really awesome, really awesome stuff. Yeah, looking looking at the pictures, looked like a great crowd, a great atmosphere on that day. Now, I was going to ask you about the game itself. I mean, obviously, four overtimes. You know, Noah Farrakhan, Nate Scott uh, looked like they really kind of stepped up for the Eagles. How about so? I was looking at the uh, Eastern Michigan uh, schedule here, Vansy, as I was pre- prepping for the show. Five and zero at home, zero and six on the road. Going to have to work on that home road splits a little bit for the Eagles. Although I guess you could say they're defending home court, right? Yeah, and, and you know, they, they have had some opportunities on the road. They should have beat Northern Kentucky. They should have beat Valparaiso, um, you know, and then let those ones get away from them. They had some COVID absences last time yeah. out. You know, yeah. if those guys are there, who knows what happens. Um, you know, we'll we'll see moving forward with them. But, yeah, and, and then they, they start off Ohio and then Buffalo to tip off the MAC. And, I mean, there, there's not a harder start yeah. to the MAC play than what Eastern Michigan has. Yeah, no favors done by the schedule makers for uh, for the Eagles here as, as we start Mac play. So that's a good transition here, Vansy, into as as we kind of as I mentioned at the top of the show here, just going to kind of be doing a debrief here on the non conference basketball season. So let's, I mean, you take a look at the standings here, Vansy. Uh, you know, you got Ohio on top of the conference right now, nine and two overall. Toledo's right behind them at eight and three. Akron at seven and three. Bowling Green at seven and four. Buffalo in fifth at six and four. So, I mean, you look at it this year, you know, from a, from a standpoint of, uh, you know, the, the preseason poll, Vansy, 
and, and where the standings are right now. Buffalo was picked to finish first in the Mac this year. I don't think anyone anticipated them to, to be in fifth place uh, or sixth. Yeah. Fifth place right now, as we move into conference play, you know, I look at Buffalo, a couple disappointing losses for them here uh, over the last few weeks, you know, lost to Canisius on Sat this past Saturday, 65, 64 Canisius uh, two and nine going into that game. So um, I guess I, to, to start off our conversation here, Vanzi, just general impressions from the non-conference season. Did you feel like the Mac as a conference kind of, you know, lived up to expectations and performed up to preseason expectations, or were you hoping to see a little bit more from the conference in the non-conference schedule? Uh, you know, well, I, I definitely think you're always hoping to see a little bit more, you know, you had some nice wins, but you also had some teams that just kind of seemed to be, you know, hanging around and, uh, you know, just kind of looking at it, you know, I think you're seeing some separation from the top teams, you know, Ohio, you know, Toledo with Ryan Rollins, you know, I, I think Buffalo is still a very good team. Akron, before their COVID pause, they seem to be hitting a stride. Bowling Green has won five in a row, you know, but they still, it just didn't seem like they had some near, you know, some almost wins, Eastern Michigan, Indiana, you know, some other mid-major and mid-major games where it just felt like they were close but couldn't quite get over that hump. And I, I don't think looking at the non-conference play that the, the conference as a whole really did enough to get people talking or at least nationally to move that RPI into a situation where other than the automatic qualifier, you're looking at a potential two-bid league. And really, you know, I mean, I, I know that's probably coming up, but some of the better wins were from teams that don't look like they're going to do much in conference play, you know, which is interesting. Yeah. And, and that's how you, that's actually a perfect point you just made there, Vanzi. And that was actually one of the things I wanted to talk about was that, you know, we had talked, you and I had talked about in one of our previous episodes, it might've been the season preview or maybe the first week of the season that we were looking at where we both said that, you know, we would love for the Mac to be able to get to a point where there is legitimately a conversation around two Mac teams getting into the conference or getting into the NCAA tournament, which would obviously mean the, the automatic bid from the, the conference champion uh, in, you know, at uh, in Cleveland in March. And then obviously you're going to need an at-large team in there. And so because of that, you'd love for some of these big non-conference wins to be coming from your teams, like, like your Buffalo, your Ohio's, your Toledo, stuff like that. But it seems like, you know, those impressive wins that we've gotten, you think about Miami going down to Atlanta, beating Georgia tech and Northern Illinois going out to Seattle and knocking off Washington. Obviously those are both great wins. However, are Miami and Northern Illinois teams that are going to be in the conversation in the conference? Probably not. Um, any other, I mean, what, what about like from a, from a, I mean, we, we, when we look at like the, the top teams in the Mac Banzi, you look at Ohio, you look at Toledo, you look at Akron, even through, you know, throw Buffalo in that mix as well. Do you, do you see any wins from any of those teams that would le legitimately be, you know, they could stick in their cap as a good non-conference when I think about Ohio knocking off Belmont to start the year. But other than that, you know, the, the, these teams, you know, everyone else at the top of the conference, you know, Toledo, Buffalo, they had some opportunities, weren't necessarily able to capitalize on them though. Yeah, you know, Buffalo, I'll go with Buffalo. They've kind of trended down right now, and I know they've had some guys in and out of the lineup. And, and I got to say, you know, somebody who's following the league, it's real tough to get up-to-date COVID absences and yeah. injury reports. So, you know, I hope people listening realize that we're doing our best to give you information, but there's not always that many beat writers and everyone that you need to get that information, just what's going on with the team's lineup, especially in this day and age. But Buffalo, you know, they beat North Texas. North Texas won Conference USA last year. 
And then they also beat Western Kentucky down at yeah. Western Kentucky. Uh, and that's a Western Kentucky team who beat in-state full Louisville, you know, so I think that's an impressive win. Um, you know, what you're looking at those and how will they age? You know, what does Western Kentucky do in their conference? What does North Texas do in conference USA? So I think that's going to be something to keep an eye on. And, you know, some of these teams that you may think, oh, that's not a big win. Well, if they end up winning their league, it looks a lot better and whatnot. Um, but, you know, like Toledo against Richmond, you know, that's a, a win that could have moved the, the needle somewhat. Yeah. You know, and, and, um, and, and, and on the subject of Toledo, I just want to say, you know, yeah, they look good. Um, you know, probably one of the better Mac teams. Hey, we've been here before with Toledo though, where they're a Mac semifinalist, a Mac finalist, but Todd Kowalczyk's bunch can't get over the hump. So are they going to be that team that not only plays well in a conference, you know, regular season, but can they get to the mar- to March and, you know, history has shown they can't. So we'll see about that. Yeah, certainly. Uh, that is going to be the the you know the point that Toledo needs to prove to all Mac fans this year is can they perform when the chips are down uh, in March in Cleveland uh, when when things really matter the Rockets so as you mentioned you know off to an eight and three start sitting in second place right now behind only Ohio who's at nine and two so uh, I know we've talked a little bit there Vansy about some of the teams at the top of the standings but re- taking record out of it obviously you know you got to take, you know, think about record at a certain point, but also taking into account, you know, preseason expectations and where we thought these teams were going to be entering the year, what team, or even if it was, an, or if maybe an individual, what team has impressed you most uh, thus far through the non-conference season as, you know, compared to them and their preseason expectations and outpour, outperforming those expectations? Well, as far if you're looking at preseason expectations, I'd probably say Eastern Michigan because they were picked mm-hmm. to finish, you know, at the bottom of the conference. They they beat uh, FIU, um, you know, kind, kind of an odd team. They could have very easily beat Indiana. They should have beat uh, Valparaiso. They should have beat Northern Kentucky. Uh, I think they're a sleeper in conference play, um, you know, and but obviously right now I think you got to look at Ohio, Toledo, Buffalo, um, Akron, Akron's got to be in that mix. You know, they, they got some COVID issues, but before that they were hitting a stride and who knows what we got with Bowling Green, Bowling Green's won five straight, you know, all of a sudden they're, they're back in a conversation, but I think Eastern Michigan on a good night, you know, when they're on, they're healthy, they have a chance to be part of that discussion. And they were picked to finish down by, you know, central and Western at the bottom of the standings. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with you. I think Eastern Michigan has certainly performed well. I also, you know, a team that's really impressed me, Vansy. I, I I really like what I've seen from Akron. You, know, you mentioned them, you know, going on COVID pause here. They, they've had some issues there. But I, I really like what I've seen from them, especially, you know, you look at a guy like Enrique Freeman, the big man, really stepping up. He might be, along with Josh Mbala from Buffalo, might be the premier big man in the MAC this year. He's averaging 12.6 points, 11.3 rebounds per game right now, shooting over 63% from the field. And, you know, you look at, Akron's schedule they have that one point loss uh, in the final minute at Ohio State to open the season they have a nice uh, non-conference win you know they go over Marshall former conference foe they've knocked off you know uh, Wright State here recently who's been in the in the tournament the last few years so I, I like what I've seen from Akron thus far John Gross uh, you know I, I was worried about how they were going to be able to replace uh, Lauren Christian Jackson, given how you know much he kind of started and was everything for them on offense last year. But I like what I've seen from the Zips thus far, and I, I think that's something that uh, you know I think if I'm a Zips fan, I'm I'm encouraged by what I've seen from Akron through the non-conference season. 
Um, we, we, you know, we talked a little bit about impressive wins, Fancy. Any, any other wins there? Any other, you know, we mentioned the, you know, Miami going down to Georgia Tech, Northern Illinois going out to Washington, a couple of the other, uh, you know, mid-major victories. We got Ohio over Belmont. Any other vi- wins there that we didn't mention? Anything else that you think warrants uh, better, you know, more consideration from that perspective? Um, well, no, I mentioned the two, uh, you know, the two Buffalo wins. We mentioned EMU over FIU already. Um, I would, I would go with uh, BGSU over Oakland. Oakland's, you know, got some love. They they played Michigan State tough the other night. Um, they're a good team. They're they're probably the best out of the horizon. Uh, you know, they've got some love in a mid-major top, you know, 25. So I'd say that's a, a, a sneaky victory that can kind of move the RPI. Um, you know, but again, like you said, some of the best wins in a conference, you know, NIU, Miami, those are kind of the, the wins from teams that you wouldn't expect it from. Yeah, certainly. And uh, we, so we talked about, you know, impressive teams and teams, Vansy, that kind of performed above expectations and have been pleasant surprises thus far. What about on the other end of the spectrum, teams that have kind of underperformed, uh, you know, as uh, as it relates to preseason expectations that maybe haven't lived up to the preseason hype? Anyone from that uh, side of the fence that, that you can look at that you feel has been a little bit underwhelming thus far this year? Well, yeah, I mean, you know, you look at preseason expectations and, and, you know, right off the bat, as far as disappointing teams, I, you know, I, even though the expectations weren't there, one in 10 central Michigan, I mean, that's, yeah. you, know, you got to kind of look at that. I think you expected it to be a little bit better than that. Um, Western Michigan lost a D2 school, but beyond that, I think Ball State and Kent State, you know, they're sitting yeah. there at five and six in the, you know, in the standings, just kind of in that middle of the pack you know, behind Ohio, UT, Buffalo, and Akron, they're kind of duking it out with Miami, you know, EMU, BGSU to be kind of the next, you know, next teams up. And, uh, you know, I think both are somewhat proud programs, more so Kent State uh, than Ball State. But, you know, and Kent State's played a a tougher schedule. So I think that could be a little bit deceptive there, that five and six record. But uh, I don't think anyone really thought that both of those teams, maybe one or the other, just by process of elimination. But I don't think anyone thought both of those teams would be kind of back in the middle of the pack uh, fighting for running room. Yeah, I, I agree. And you know, I agree, especially about Kent State. I think my, my expectations for, for Ball State weren't quite as high entering this season. But with Kent State, you know, I looked at their roster. They have a, you know, a, a veteran team here. Sincere Carey, you get the, the highly um, regarded point guard transfers in from from Duquesne. You got Tervel Bex, a senior. Justin Hamilton's a senior. You know, you got um, all these guys that have been on campus for a couple of years. And yet, you know, a couple of very disappointing for, uh, performances from the flashes here over the last couple of weeks. They lost at home to Southern the other day, 78, 76, lost at home by 15 points to Towson a couple of weeks ago. There's been some very, very, um, some very underwhelming performances from the golden flashes here over the last couple of weeks. And another team that's, that's disappointed me a little bit thus far, Vanzi, and I'm not going to say I'm hitting the panic button with them yet, because I still think the talent is there and I still think they're going to turn around, but you know, I've watched Buffalo play a couple times here over the last couple of weeks. And I just, I haven't loved what I have seen from the bulls. As I mentioned the last time out for them, they were playing local uh, rival there in upstate New York, uh, Canisius, the golden Griffins. Canisius entered this game two and nine 
win overall. Buffalo was down 12 points at halftime in this game. They came back in the second half a little bit, but still ended up losing that game by one. Just a really bad performance from the Bulls. Shot 35% from the field, 18% from three-point land. So, you know, if I'm Buffalo, a couple, you know, you mentioned they they do have some nice wins. They knocked off North Texas, who obviously was in the tournament last year and won a game, beat Purdue in the first round. But I also see, you know, they have losses here to Stephen F. Austin, a loss, uh, a close loss to St. Bonaventure, who is good. Uh, but, you know, playing St. Bonaventure on the road, another local rival, they couldn't quite pull that one out. So I think with Buffalo fancy, uh, I'm not quite as concerned with them because I still, you know, I have, I have uh, high expectations and, and a lot of trust in the fact that, you know, guys like Josh and Bala and Jonathan Williams and Renato Segu, they are going to get that turned around. But I think, you know, behind Kent state and ball state, who you mentioned, I think I've been a little bit underwhelmed by what I've seen from the bulls thus far this year. But again, I, I also am optimistic that they're going to turn it on here. Come, uh, come conference play. So let's let's take a look, Vanzi, at conference play here. We got our first conference games coming up this coming Tuesday, January 28th, or December 28th, excuse me, getting ahead of myself here. We got a couple games on Tuesday. The rest of the, the conference season kicks off on Wednesday, the 29th. Uh, this this first week, uh, week of games, though, Vanzi, some interesting matchups. You mentioned Eastern Michigan. You get Ohio and Buffalo to start out. Ball State taking on uh, Northern Illinois. Uh, and Eastern Michigan taking on, on Ohio, the first two matchups on the 28th there. The rest of the games, the rest of the teams kick off conference play on Wednesday, the 29th. What are you looking at from this first week of conference play, though, Vansy? Like I mentioned, there's some very interested matchups here over the first couple of days. Yeah, yeah, it's a little bit later in the week, I believe it was. But BGSU at Akron, I believe it's at Akron. Uh, to me, I think those are two teams where you're kind of figuring them out. And I believe with the COVID pause, I don't, I don't think that one's been moved yet, this game um, from Akron. But I, I just think, you know, Akron's kind of hitting their stride. Bowling Green's hitting their stride. You know, are either of these teams MAC contenders? And I think you're going to find out that's the kind of test you want to see early because I think if, if Akron goes in there and they, they beat Bowling Green handedly, uh, then you can kind of, okay, maybe Bowling Green's not for real or vice versa. You know, so you're going to find out a lot right off the bat. Um, also, you mentioned, you know, Buffalo, they, they're going to end up at EMU. New Year's Day, we got Maxion, Max Skitball on New Year's Day. You know, maybe flip from some of the bowl games to check out the Mac basketball teams. But, uh, you know, you got Buffalo going into EMU. I mean, you talk about a statement game. If EMU beats Buffalo, I think you got to look at them as being in the mix. And then if Buffalo goes, you know, I mean, if Buffalo loses, that's, you know, you, like you said, the, the panic alert for them would definitely uh, be at a fever pitch, you know, so you're going to kind of start finding out about these teams because it's no longer, well, this team played this power five, well, this team played this division three school, division two school, looking at you, Western Michigan, you know, <laughs> so it's now it's going to be, okay, you're playing you know, you're like schools, you're playing your rivals. Uh, you're going to find out a lot about these schools. I think you're going to find out a lot about them very quickly. Totally agree with you. And, and I'm glad you picked out that specifically that uh, that Bowling Green Akron game on next Wednesday, because that to me, that is kind of the show me game. Those are the two teams where I think that have kind of uh, outperformed a little bit their preseason expectations. Both of them coming into this game on five game winning streaks. 
Uh, going to see, going to be interesting to see if Bowling Green is able to defend home court there. And, you know, in terms of teams uh, that, you know, I'm interested to see kind of how they look over these first two games, you mentioned Eastern Michigan, obviously talking about, you know, that you go to Ohio, then you got uh, Buffalo coming to, uh, to Ypsilanti. Another team with a new coach that I'm curious to see how they perform over the first week of Mac play is Northern Illinois. You know, they've had some ups and downs over non-conference play, obviously that very nice win over Washington uh, to, to start things off. They've come back to earth a little bit here over the last couple of weeks. They're currently three and seven, but you get uh, your first two games in the Mac, you get ball state at home on uh, the 28th. And then you go to Akron uh, next Saturday on new year's day. So I think ball state, especially seems to me like a team that's playing with a, you know, low confidence right now. If for Sean Burno's team can get off to a one and O start in conference play with a home court win over ball state, that could be a very, very promising start to conference play for, uh, for Huskies fans for sure. So Vanzi, um, don't want to put you on the spot too much here, but if we, you know, we take a look, obviously looking again at the, the preseason poll, Buffalo, Ohio, Toledo, Kent state, the top four, what do you think about it? I mean, do you think after having watched non-conference play, how accurate do you feel that is? Who do you think is the best team right now in the conference as we move into conference play? And how do you see these next couple weeks playing out? Yeah, I, I would say, I mean, so, you know, surprisingly, that seems pretty accurate to me. I think, you know, if I'm looking at, at my list here, I got Ohio, UT, I'm still high on Buffalo. I think I'm betting Buffalo yeah. figures it out. And then Akron, I think there's a bigger gap right now between Ohio and UT than what we expected. Um, and then Bowling Green is, you know, if, if you break them into tiers, I, I got Ohio, Toledo, Buffalo, Akron, and then tier two, you got Bowling Green, Miami. I, I, I'm higher on them. I think they're going to be pesky in the Mac. And you got Kent State, EMU, Ball State, and then yeah. you got tier three, Western, NIU, Central. But I think when you look at that, it's it's pretty much in line with what you had in the preseason, which is surprising. But I, I got to go with Ohio. I just think they they're experienced. They have guys who've been through it. You know, they're I think they're the class of the the conference. I'm not buying Toledo. I mean, you know, I really like Ryan Rollins, but they they haven't been able to win the big game. You know, and yeah, uh, you know, it's it's I'm I'm just not buying the fact you know that they're gonna win it. Um, you know, I I think right now it's I'm going with Ohio. If you you know said hey, you got to pick somebody today. I, I, I think I agree with you, Vansy. I mean, to me, Ohio seems like the most balanced team in the conference. Good guard play with Mark Sears and, you know, Miles Brown. You got good big men there with Jason Carter, Ben Vanderplas. Uh, you know, so a very, very balanced roster for uh, for the, the the Bobcats that I think, uh, you know, whereas a lot of other teams in the conference here, you mentioned Toledo with Ryan Rollins. They're very, very dependent on one player. Uh, not not to put down the other people on Toledo's team, but but you, I don't think you can say that about Ohio, uh, where you have Mark Sears, you have Jason Carter, you have Ben Vanderplas, all these guys that can go get you a bucket. Uh, and you look at Buffalo as well with Josh and Ballinger, and Nathan Williams and Ronaldo Segu. I think those teams, to me, you know, that's part of the reason why I am optimistic about Buffalo, even though I've been a little bit, uh, you know, underwhelmed by them thus far, is because I do think they have the roster construction and the talent to be, uh, you know, competitive and you know, you know, proven to be towards the top of the conference here as we move into conference season. Uh, Vansy, before we get out of here, any any final thoughts, any final words of wisdom for the the, the listeners as we move past non-conference play and start conference play here in a couple of days? Uh, no, not really. I, I would say this, I guess, uh, you know, if you're looking to head out to any games, you know, Google, Google and make sure, cause we got all these postponements going on. Just make yeah. sure, you know, like you don't want to drive somewhere and have it, you know, especially in the winter, have it canceled or, or moved, um, you know, and, and that's, unfortunately, I think that's going to be an issue the whole season. So something to kind of just, you know, 
grin and bear it at this point, really. Um, but no, I hope uh, everyone out there enjoys time with their family. Um, you know, I hope, you know, you get whatever your, you know, Red Rider BB gun is, you know, whatever. <laughs> yeah. You know, and, uh, and hopefully, you know, hopefully your Mac team, uh, you know, wins a basketball game coming up here. I, I agree with you completely, Vance. You agree with you completely. Wise words uh, as we head into commercial break. So that'll wrap it up for our, our men's breakdown here. On the other side of this commercial break, I'll be back with uh, new Hustle Belt contributor Grant McPherson, who's been uh, covering women's basketball here for us over the last uh, month or so. We're going to do a, a quick uh, kind of recap of women's non-conference basketball season with him. We'll be back right here on the other side of this commercial break. All right, folks, welcome back to the show from the commercial break here uh, on this uh, to close out the show here this week uh, to close out our, our, our max football pod as we wrap up non-conference play, uh, bringing in a newer Hustle Belt member who's been doing a lot of women's hoops coverage for us, talking with uh, with Grant McPherson here today. Grant, how you doing, man? Thanks so much for joining me. Yeah, no problem. I'm doing really well. Uh, we're going to some Christmas cookies over here, but, you know, just enjoying the day. Awesome. Yeah, it's, that's an important, uh, important job as well. What kind of cookies, if I may ask? Oh, just sugar, all kinds of cookies, man. All kinds, yeah. you know, you know, it's that time of the year. You just enjoy making all kinds of stuff. That's the way to do it. I'm uh, heading out to my parents' house later this evening. And uh, I know there's going to be abundance of cookies there. So definitely going to be adding a couple inches to the waistline here over, over the next <laughs> week or so, I think. But, uh, but anyway, hey, let's get into it here, Grant. Uh, wanted to bring you on, obviously. I know you've been doing a lot of work for us at Hustle Belt doing the weekly, you know, women's basketball coverage. It's been a, a good year, good year for women's basketball thus far. So got some really nice wins um, in, uh, in, you know, in the non-conference season, wanted to start off though, just by, you know, backing up a little bit here, uh, kind of as an introduction, first time you've been on the podcast, you're just an introduction to our audience. If you could just tell us a little bit about your background and kind of how you got interested in covering the Mac. Oh, well, um, I went to, I went to central Michigan university. Um, so the, I guess my big introduction to the Mac, I kind of grew up a uh, Michigan state university fan, but, um, you know, central Michigan really changed that. Um, love the Mac. I've loved the Mac ever just there's so much about this conference that it's just hard to not like, you know, um, I like to say uh, something I'll probably say a lot throughout this is, you know, in this conference, anybody can beat anybody. And that's true for a lot of different conferences, but it really, it means something in the Mac. Like you can, it gets a visible difference. Like when my dad who grew up, he's a, he went to the university of Missouri, he watched and he, you know, now that they're in the SEC and that kind of stuff, but like, you know, in the Mac, everybody competes. It's not, it's not a pushover game. You can't overlook anybody. You can't, you know, it's just so much fun to be a part of a conference that plays these kind of tight games week in and week out, day after day. And it's just, it's fun. And, you know, people who watch us, like, especially in the bowl game, stuff like that. Yeah. We might not have the best outcomes, but you know, it's like people love watching the Mac, you know, they like, they want to watch us, you know, and, and that, you know, I like grow, being able to help grow you know, our conference and just show everybody what we can do. Totally agree with that. Yeah, totally agree with that. So let's take a look at uh, women's basketball here thus far that, uh, you know, this season, Grant, it's been, I think, in my opinion, been a, a good year for the Mac thus far, got some mm -hmm. nice non-conference victories. Um, what's been your general impression of the Mac through non-conference play? You know, as you mentioned, kind of the Mac always has that ethos of anybody can beat anybody. And, you know, you look at the Mac standings right now and, you know, there's, there's two games separating first place and sixth place. So I certainly think that's a plot that applies here, but uh, oh, just, yeah. I guess your, your general thoughts uh, about the, the performance of the conference in the non-conference season here. Yeah. So you've got Kent state at eight and one, you got ball state seven and three, 
Buffalo six and four, Ohio, Toledo, Western six and three, Bowling Green five and four, Miami four and five, you know, NIU and Eastern right there, three and five, three and four. And then honestly, Akron and CMU, I did not expect CMU to be, you know, I'm obviously I'm going to pull a little bit of my homework card out, but you know, it's, you know, it's a lot to come back from with, you know, the way, you know, Raina and Presley brought up this team to where they, where they were in that NCAA tournament to now, like, yeah, they have a lot of, you know, this team has a lot of pressure on it itself. Um, and I know the same goes for like Buffalo, you know, Buffalo has been, been playing really well the past few years and now they got to come back and they have this Daisha fair, by the way. Wow. Yeah. Can't, I can't say enough about her that probably other people are going to say throughout the year. Um, might be, I mean, right now, if you say to the non-conference, her and CC hooks, two of my favorites, CC hooks of Ohio, obviously my favorites to be player, to be one of the two play, one of those two will be player of the year at the end of the year, hundred percent. Those two have just been dynamite for their teams. And Ohio's got two players that have, that are averaging 20 or more points. Yeah. Like you've got, you've got, you know, these teams that are coming out here just shooting the lights out and then, you know, this this season is really shaping up to be another fun one, as we always just say it. You know, you can never take a break on any game, especially in especially the non-conference with these teams playing like Minnesota and like all these other big teams in their state. So when you really come down to it, it's just, you know, your strength can help you. Your strength and weaknesses can help you one day, but then you turn right around and it's going to be the downfall in the next game. Totally agree with you. Yeah, there's and with so many great players in the conference, especially and so many evenly matched teams, it's it's there. You can there's no nights off in the MAC, as you said. I think that's a great point. Now, looking at looking at some of the individual performances here, or your individual games, I should say, in in the um, in the non-conference season, as I mentioned, the MAC has had the opportunity to go on the road and and play some Power Six teams, uh, a couple MAC teams. You know, there there have been some good non-conference victories. What would you say, in your opinion, the most impressive non-conference victory for for the uh, the conference so far this year? I would definitely have to say that Kent State win over Penn State in that Gulf yeah. Coast showcase, uh, eighty-one to seventy-four. Um, they got out to an eighteen to eight lead at the end of the first quarter. I'm like, where is this team? Who is this team? You know, and then yeah. all of a sudden, you know, and then. Penn State obviously fights back. They're only down by one at halftime, as you would expect from a Big Ten team. And then Kent State came out of the half and just outplayed Penn State in the second half, you know. And it's, you know, obviously the football and basketball are two very different sports. But when you see that happen in, like, basketball, it, it's a little bit more interesting. And that kind of stuff is – it was really interesting to see them come back to just come out in the second half and just shut basically not shut down Penn state technically, but just over outplay them. They would match yeah. in basket for basket and, and just were able to hold on to the lead throughout the rest of the game. And I expect that I expect Kent state to be a big powerhouse in this, in the mid American conference this year. I, I agree with you, Rand. And I think, uh, you know, you look at Kent state schedule, obviously the, the big, the win against Kent, the Penn state is huge. They also have a win over UCLA. They beat the Bruins mm-hmm. 75, 69. So two really nice victories for Kent state thus far through non-conference play. And, you know, you look at this team, I, and I, I guess this is a perfect segue into my next question here for you, Grant, but it's just in terms yeah. of, you know, most impressive teams or most impressive players thus far of the non-conference season. I, th- I feel like you got to look at Kent State as being kind of the surprise of the year so far. You know, you look back at last year, 
This is a team. They 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 weren't bad, but they weren't. No, you know, they finished the season no. eleven and nine, ten and mm-hmm. six in the MAC. Certainly not a a bad season at all. But I don't think anybody anticipated this type of start to the season for the Golden Flashes. Sitting now nope. at eight and one with two really nice victories again over uh, Penn State and UCLA. From your perspective, Grant, uh, whether teams or individuals, what what has been most impressive to you thus far uh, through about a month and a half of the season? I hit on Daisha Fair and CC Hooks. You know those two. I just, it's hard to overlook what they've done with their teams, especially with, you know, Ohio uh, in the preseason pick to win the conference, um, got their four first place votes, you know, it's, it's going to be a big, a big, big thing you want to watch this season. I think, especially with the conference starting in the coming week here, you're going to have to follow CC hooks and Dijafer Buffalo and Ohio. I really believe that those two, it's gonna whether or not Fair keeps up what she's doing, and then if CC Hooks um, falters a little bit, Erica Johnson right there with her. Both well, you know she's fourth in the in the conference in points average per game, and so it just you're gonna have to watch these teams. And I I know it's hard to, but you just gotta be able to go out watch these teams. These girls play just as hard as the men do, and I've been I've been a huge thing of when I first started going to college athletics. I was like, these girls play just as hard as the men do, and they have they put in just as much work as the men do, and these games are just as much fun to watch, and could not have been overstated watching some of these games that I have already throughout this Mid-American Conference, and just I'm really looking forward to this conference schedule. I really am. Yeah, I, I agree with you, and, and with so much uh, premier talent in the MAC this year, you know, you you mentioned Daesh Affair. I think you know, Grant, it's it's crazy. You mentioned Ohio being the you know the preseason favorite in the MAC. You got two players in the top four of the conference in scoring for the Bobcats. Erica Johnson, CC Hooks, mm-hmm. you mentioned them both, t- both averaging over twenty points a game. CC Hooks shooting fifty percent from the field uh, through non-conference play, twenty-one point three points per game, seven point six rebounds per game. Going to be a hard uh, a hard team to beat in the MAC this year. Are mm-hmm. the Bobcats? And again, you mentioned the Asha Fair as well, averaging 21.3 points a game. Uh, mm-hmm. Certainly one, one of the best individual performers in, in the MAC night in and night out. Let's look at the other side uh, of the conference, or I guess the other side of the spectrum here, if you will, Grant, in terms of teams that are kind of underperforming a little bit. I, I know you mentioned you obviously your allegiance to Central Michigan. You're an alum of Central Michigan. I don't think mm-hmm. anybody anticipated the struggles that Central Michigan has had this year, you know, coming off of three straight NCAA tournament appearances. And obviously mm-hmm. the, the one year they, they had a chance to go before the, 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 the tournament got canceled. So it could have potentially been four straight NCAA tournament appearances coming into this season, but has not been a good start to the year for the Chippewas. They're currently sitting at two and seven, uh, had some rough losses in there as well. What, what do you mm-hmm. think, what, what's been the issue for the Chippewas thus far through, you know, through a month and a half, you know, and I can't, and I just think Molly, Molly Davis can't do it all herself. Yeah. And that's just, I mean, it's just straight up. I mean, there's going to be nights where she struggles and that there, there was a, a game where she shot like one of 11 and you know, you need other players to step up and this team is just really young. Still trying to figure out where they're at right now. Um, so that's kind of what the non-conference gave them a chance. I mean, they played some top, they played some top tier teams yeah. in the non-conference as well. So it's, you know, they're just trying to feel out where they're at right now. Um, I think um, coach Osterley, um, I apologize if I mispronounced her name, Um but she's got she I'm sure that Sugavara gave her a whole lot of I mean, I know Sugavara comes on this campus a lot again and like likes to, you know, rattle this team up some more. So I'm sure that Osterley has gotten some wise words to be able to coach this team back up. But, you know, it's just 
Molly Davis needs some help from some of the younger players on this team and players that haven't normally been able, you know, been able to contribute. They, they need them to contribute when Molly is struggling. Yeah. And I think, you know, I think your point on Molly Davis is well taken. And I, I think you, you can tell the extra pressure that she's putting on herself and the extra, mm-hmm. you know, responsibility she's taking onto her shoulders. Because, I mean, even you just, you know, you look at her, her shooting splits, her efficiency stats. This is a, you know, she shot almost 50% from the field her first two years, you know, about almost like 48.7, 48.9. People were, people were comparing her to Presley Hudson as soon as she stepped on this campus. Yeah. And, and you look at her now, I mean, she has to do everything this year and it, it shows in her stats. I mean, she's still averaging 16 and a half points a game, but she's down, you know, shooting percentages down to 35%, yep. three point percentage down to 24 and a half percent. You can really tell she, she feels like she has to do everything. And, and that, I guess, you know, that can certainly lend itself to, to a little bit of a lower efficiency. So we'll see what the, if, if the Chippewas, if other members of that team are able to step up here as uh, as conference play starts, because they have wrapped up their non-conference schedule, have the Chippewas, um, so what about just ge- generally speaking, um, I guess your, your surprise so far of, of the non-conference schedule, you know, we talked a little bit about Kent state. I don't think anybody saw them getting off to the start that they did any other teams or any other players that have impressed you thus far that maybe you didn't see coming. You know, this conference never really, you know, ceases to amaze me with how, with how one team can just look really good and, you know, but there's still other good teams in this conference. So early on in this season, if I had to give it, to like a surprise team, I guess, kind of, would be Ball State. I think Ball mm-hmm. State's been a surprise this year. Uh, that seven and three in the beginning, you know, beginning with heading into the beginning of the conference slate with wins over Utah State, IUPUI, and just Milwaukee, to name a few. I really think that I'm going to, I am so apologize to Thelma, but Thelma, dis, uh, can you help me out here? Dis Augustur, maybe? I think that's, uh, I think you got it. Okay, and then Anna Clefane, I'm pretty sure those two are going to have Ball State right next to Kent State throughout this season, if you know, right near the one, two, and three spots. Um, to and I really think that, you know, Ball State's a sleeper. Um, picked to finish ninth, yeah. in the regulars in the you know in the preseason. I really think Ball State's a sleeper. Um, they've proved it so far, second in the conference right now before the conference starts, and I really think they have a chance to come out and just finish I mean not finish and you know winning the championship game but at least finish at the championship game I really think that they are a good enough team to get there yeah and and there's certainly some impressive uh, performances by the Cardinals even you know even in defeat you look at their schedule you know a 10 point loss to Pitt a four point loss to Texas Tech they've played against some power six competition and have acquitted themselves well so certainly a uh, a good look so far for the Cardinals this year especially as you mentioned Grant you know their pick finished ninth in the, uh, in, the in the preseason poll so certainly a good start for the Cardinals wrap things up here. Last, last question I have for you, Grant, before I let, it, let you get on with your day, just general thoughts as we move into conference play. You know, we talked about, Oh, obviously Ohio picked to win the conference at the beginning of the year. Do you still feel that way? Do you think Ohio still comes out on top here? Has anything that you've seen changed your opinion there? How do you see conference play? Uh, com- you know, how do you see that playing out as we move into conference play? I should say here in the next week or so. Yeah. So honestly, with all these records right now, throw away all of these records right now. Cause that's just, that's the way it is in basketball. I Me, mean, yeah, you have all these awesome wins in non-conference, but it's conference. That's all these, I'm pretty sure that's all these coaches and players are worried about right now. And which is, which is good. I really think it's Ohio and Buffalo and then Ohio, Buffalo, Kent state, those three teams, ball state right there with them. Um, Eastern Michigan, honestly, might be right there with them as well. You never know. Um, Toledo as well. Toledo's had some good games. Yeah. 
Um, you know, some teams are struggling, but you never, like I said, you can never count anybody out. The minute you count somebody out, they come right back and they beat you. Um, the biggest thing with it's just, and, and I can't overstate how much fun this conference is. You know, you don't ever think, don't ever come into, I can tell this to the, you know, from a former athlete myself, don't ever go into a game thinking you have an easy win, especially in this conference. No game can be taken for granted, especially the games against like Central or Western. Like if, if you think Western is going to win, you know, it's like that kind of stuff. If Eastern's going to come out, beat Central, you, you know, if Toledo's going to be Bowling Green, it's all, it's just, you never know. And I think we're going to expect, you can expect a lot of surprises this upcoming season, um, especially even in the beginning in like January, February, and then heading into tournament time, it's going to be a lot of fun. And I hope you guys all follow along because I'm going to have a lot of fun reporting it and just telling everybody how it's going. Awesome. Totally agree, Grant. Totally agree. So yes, everyone, uh, if you're interested in Mac women's basketball, Grant is the guy to follow Been doing all of our weekly recaps on the hustle belt, doing a great job and conference play getting started here. in uh, just a, a little under a week, Wednesday, December 29th, our first conference games. Yes. we got six conference games uh, on the women's side that day. So all 12 Mac teams will be in action on Wednesday, the 29th. Uh, certainly going to be, you know, it's going to be a sprint to the finish line from here. We got just under three months until the uh, the conference tournament there at uh, Quicken Loans Arena there in in uh, Cleveland. And actually, as I say that, I don't think it's called Quicken Loans Arena anymore. Whatever it's called, whatever the the Cavs Arena in Cleveland. Cavs Arena. Yeah, yes, we'll call it that. We're we're just over three or say excuse me, just under three months away uh, yes, from from the the MAC tournaments for men's and women's there. So certainly going to be a lot of good stuff uh, coming out here over the next couple couple months. Grant going to be leading our women's basketball co- coverage on Hustle Belt. Grant, before I let you go, just let everyone uh, let the audience know where to find you, Twitter, all that good stuff. Uh, Twitter is uh, Grant CMU twenty eighteen. Um, that's and that's really my handle throughout um, any social media output. If you would like to find me and ask any questions or anything about women's basketball i got you um you know if you need anything else i will any any comments or any especially on all the things that i have written if you have any comments or anything you want me to add throughout this year you let me know and i'll do my best awesome well grant we appreciate you stopping by this uh this week on the bandwagon podcast always uh good to have new voices in here we might have you back on a couple times here breaking down some women hoops over the next couple of months so we appreciate you stopping by today man yeah i appreciate you for having me thank you so much all right, folks, that's going to wrap it up for episode 76 here of the Mac Van Wagon podcast. Thank you, as always, for stopping by. As I mentioned at the beginning of the show, we'll be back with a little bit more football talk next week. We're going to do a kind of a recap of uh, the non-conference season and men's and women's basketball this week. So we'll be back with a recap of all of the Mac Bowl games next week. We didn't forget about them, I promise. Uh, we're going to be back. Uh, Steve will be back. We'll be talking about some Mac, uh, Mac football next week. So thank you all for stopping by, as usual. We appreciate it. Uh, I hope everyone has a wonderful holiday season with their family. Eat too much. uh, Watch some football. Watch some basketball. Enjoy the bowl games. Enjoy everything. It's a great time of year. And uh, we will see you guys back here next week.